0: it's time for the friday mental health power hour with your hosts scotty p and ev let's get to it
1: coming at you all live from the city of brotherly love none other than philadelphia pennsylvania Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P. and Ev. Hello, everybody. Again, my name is Scotty P., a.k.a. Scott Prendergast, whichever one you want to call me works for me. And I'm one of the hosts for our show today. And unfortunately, Evan is not feeling too well, so he's not going to be here today. We're hoping that he gets better, that he recovers, but I'm sure he'll be back in the coming weeks. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, a couple things you want to know about us. Number one, you can stream us live Friday, Saturday, 6 p.m. at www.wwdbam.com Press listen live. You can listen to us live. Or if you're in the local area, Philadelphia, Southwest New Jersey, Montgomery, Bucks County, All of the local areas around here, you can listen to us on 860 AM live as well. And if you want to listen to previous episodes that we've done, we've been doing the show for about almost a year. So there's a lot of episodes for you to catch up on. You can go on Spotify, Apple Music, and just search the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev, and you'll be able to see our previous episodes. In addition to that, you can also go on, again, www.db.com, and you can check out our show and all the previous episodes that way as well. So, everybody, again, thank you so much for joining us today. We've got a little bit of a different episode for you here today. Since it's just me on the show today and Evan's not here, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Now, I know a lot of you that listen to the show, you already know me and you know my story. But for some of you who don't, I thought this would be a great time to kind of give you the background about who I am, why I do what I do, and why I'm a professional inspirational speaker and what got me to this point. Now, for those of you who are listening for maybe for the first time, we always split up the show into about three different parts. OK, we have our first part, which is just yeah, a little bit of an introduction about what we're talking about today. Then we have our second part, which is really when we kind of have a story time. We tell stories about what we've been through, you know, lessons that we learned and how it relates to the topic at hand. And then for part number three. After the second commercial break, what we do is we really just say, hey, you know what? Here's some concrete strategies. Here's some things that you could take away from this show right here, right now, today, and apply to your life to help you overcome whatever that obstacle might be that you're dealing with, whatever that challenge might be, okay? So if you're just listening, that's what our makeup of the show looks like. Considering today's a little bit different, we're still going to kind of follow it, though. Part one here, I'm just going to be talking a little bit about... Being an inspirational speaker, doing what I do, why I do this. You know, you always hear your typical corporate people that say, what is your why, son? Tell me your why. You must have a good why about why you're doing this or that. Personally, I think it's a little overrated. I think it's very generic, but we'll kind of give you a background on why I'm doing what I'm doing. With that, here's kind of my my air quotes why. For me, the reason that I got into this field is because depression and anxiety was something that I dealt with my whole life. And for many years, I didn't really know how to handle it, and I didn't know how to properly deal with it. A lot of times, I would see the symptoms, and I would notice that maybe something was kind of going on here, but I would just ignore it, or I just thought that you just had to deal with it, and I didn't think there was really anything that you could do to kind of curtail it. I always just thought that's the way that I am. I'm a high-strung kid, or I get really, really low for long periods of time, and that's just what it is. But it wasn't until that I started to really pull myself out of that dark place that I started to really talk about it, that I started to really understand that it was okay to have these feelings and it was also okay to talk to people about it, that I started to see myself recover, that I started to see myself move past these different obstacles of life that were always trying to hold me back. And when I say the different obstacles of life, I mean not ones on the outside, not things that you all could see, but rather the things that others can't see. You know, those obstacles in my own head, you know, that rumination, that falling into depression. And we're going to talk about more of that later. So I'll just give you a little tidbit now. Those obstacles held me back for so long. But for me, once I started to get older and I started to find out ways that I could work through it, using things such as cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT strategies, as we call them for short, such as, as I said before, talking about it, writing it down, getting these feelings out, using positive coping skills. When I started to use these different things, I started to see some success and I started to see my life change and I started to see my outlook change and how I treated others and myself change as well. And this was something that to me was just like the best feeling in the world. And what happened is I decided, okay, I know so many people who have dealt with so many similar things as to what I have with these different mental obstacles with depression, anxiety, OCD, bipolar, PTSD, whatever it is, you name it. I know so many people who are struggling with things like this as well. And I also know so many people who maybe don't have a mental health challenge who are just not happy and who are like, hey, I want to know how to just get past this insecurity, these things that are holding me back. And I found that some of the stuff that I was doing, if it helped me, maybe it could help others too. Maybe there was something that I could do to help somebody else to move past their own demons, their own obstacles, and their lives. And what I really started to do is I started to write a lot. And by me writing a lot, I got more confidence and more familiar with talking about these different topics. And then from there, it led to me ultimately joining this website. And I would write for this website and do the same thing. And it started to get popular and popular. And then from there, it landed me an opportunity to do professional speaking, in which I've been doing ever since. And it is something that I'm super passionate about. And anybody that knows me and follows my content and what I do or has heard me speak, I'm sure you could probably pick up on that on um, without me even saying anything at all. And that, that's a little bit of the background about why my why, as we were talking about, I do this, why I'm in this field, why this is my chosen career, my chosen path. And I think what's important for me is to never lose sight of where I was, because I think sometimes I'm so far removed from some of those obstacles that it can be easy to forget what it was like being in that really dark place. And I think for a lot of us, it could be easy when we're going through a good time in life to forget what it was like in that bad time. And sometimes we want to forget that. And that's totally fine. That's called being human. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think from time to time, it's important to remember and to reflect and to recall the three kind of R's there. Remember, reflect, and recall where we have been so that, A, we can kind of give ourselves some appreciation for the progress that, that we've made, but also so we can have empathy towards other people and that maybe we can take something from our story that might help them, too. I think that is super incredibly important that not everybody always has on their priority. And I know that's something that I've worked on as well. And that's why we really have this show because me and Evan, what we want to do is share our experiences, the things we've learned, the things that helped, the things that maybe didn't help, and kind of put it all together into this package every Friday so that you could take something positive away from it so that you can leave that show saying, hey, you know what? Maybe my life's not where I want to be right now. But by listening to those strategies that those two dudes talked about, that gives me some hope. That gives me a little bit of hope that maybe tomorrow might be better. Or it gives me a little bit of hope that maybe this pain that I'm going through right now is temporary and it won't last forever. And who would have thought maybe that pain will actually lead to something good in your life. Maybe something good will come from it. And providing people with hope and that inspiration Is why we do this. That's why my business is called Scotty P. Inspiration, navigating life through the lens of hope, because that is exactly what I want to do. So we just got about a minute and a half before we go to our first commercial break here. And then after the commercial break, I'm really going to kind of give you the full background of my story and we can dive into that. But for the last minute or a half here, what I really want to focus on is you, the listener. Now, what I want you to do today is I want you to listen to this story, but I want you to really think about your own story. And I want you to think about the different sticking points in your story, those really low points, and also maybe some of those high points. And I want you to think about what you've learned during those times. And you can write it down if you want or make a mental list, whatever you're comfortable with. But I really want you to just be cognizant of that throughout this episode today. Think about the different things you've experienced. And then at the end of this, I want you to listen to my, after listening to my story, I want you to see some of the things that I learned And some of the strategies that I'm going to be talking about today is something that might be able to help you too in this moment. And I also want you to compare and contrast and say, hey, you know what? I listened to his story. I tried some of those things. He said, maybe it didn't work for me, but I found that this did. Now, by doing all of this and making these lists and putting this into your mind, you know what we're doing here? We're helping you to become aware of your current situation and your current feelings and what you're going through and what you've been through. And by making you aware of all that different stuff, we're helping to increase your self-awareness for the day so that maybe tomorrow or maybe next week or next month when you find yourself struggling again, all of a sudden you could stop and you can recall the things that you learned from this show and from your own experience and you can help that use that to help you in that moment okay everybody so don't go anywhere everyone stay put our second part we're gonna dive into the scotty p we'll call it story i'm really excited for this and i think you'll be able to take some really good things from it so we'll be back right after these quick commercial breaks
0: Hey everyone, Eric Katz here, the owner of Katz Dogs Canine. Are you working from home and need to get your dog out, running around for the day? Will you be traveling this summer and looking for a place to board your pup? Is your dog looking a little shaggy and need a haircut or bath? Are you looking forward to walking around and enjoying this beautiful weather, but you can't because your dog's pulling like a freight train? Well, you're in luck. We're a one-stop shop that focuses on daycare, boarding, grooming, and training. We're located at 35 Middle Road, perka cpa on 10 beautiful acres you can check us out on facebook and instagram at cats dogs or our website cats 9com our phone number is 855 cats dog 855-528-9364
1: What's going on, everyone? This is Scott Prendergast here, aka Scotty P. And a lot of you know me from the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev as one of your hosts. But, real quick, I want to talk to you about my business. It's called Scotty P Inspiration. And what I am is I'm an inspirational speaker and I want to help others navigate life through the lens of hope. Now, I do this through speaking engagements, but also one on one life coaching. So, if you're interested in booking me or doing some of that coaching, let me know. Check me out at www.scottypinspiration.com or check out my Instagram at Scotty P underscore inspo.
0: If you're a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then my book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found Purpose Through Pain is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. Most importantly, you'll learn how we can find hope and purpose through pain. Get your copy of My Perfect Life today. Available on Amazon by searching lucaswolf.com my perfect life and that's wolf with an e hey folks what's going on it's evan transu aka ev here i just wanted to shout out my friends at fdn thrive part of my story with mental health is that i was actually able to get a hold of a lot of my mental and physical health issues by addressing what was going on in my body so i do mean more of a natural slash functional medicine side is this going to be for everyone? Absolutely not. But if you're someone like me who suffered for years and maybe a lot of the conventional things didn't work out, you might want to consider what is going on in your body and see if that is playing any role. So if you want to focus on something more objective, get some lab results and actually have these lab results analyzed by practitioners who are trained in this specific modality, then go to fdnthrive.com and click the get started here button. That's fdn thrive.com and click the get started here button.
1: Welcome back everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your host Scotty P and Ev. Let's go. Woo, I'm excited for you all to be here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are not aware if this is your first time listening to the show, my name is Scott Prendergast, aka Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. And my co-host Evan Tranzu, aka Ev. Unfortunately, he's not here today. He's not feeling well. But we know he will be back in the coming weeks. We'll get back after it, and we'll be the dynamic duo again, tearing up the radio. So excited for that, Ev. We hope that you get better and that you feel better soon, my man. Now, if you're just listening today, you're just tuning in for the first time, let me give you a little bit of background on what we're talking about today. My name, as I said, Scott Prennigas, Scotty P. And today is the Scotty P. story. What I want to do is I want to share kind of my background and my story to give you all some insight and some hindsight about who I am and why I'm here and what I'm going to be talking about today and and why I'm in this field. So if you're just listening for the first time, The first part, I just gave a little bit of background in how I got into this. The second part here, I'm going to really dive into my story. And then the third part, I'm going to really focus on some concrete strategies and some things that you all could take away from this episode today to apply to your own life to maybe help you through some of those dark times if you're there now or if you're there in the future. Okay. So without further ado, let's kind of get into things. Let's take it. Let's run with it. And let's see what happens. Let's go. All right. So my story, we're going to start here, 15 years old, ninth grade, okay? At that time in my life, everything seemed to be going pretty well. Life was good. I'm loving life. I'm a happy kid. I've got a lot of friends. I'm very social, always hanging out, having a great time. Things were good. If you knew me back then when I was 15, you would have said, Scott, you're a kid who just views life with a ton of positivity. You're somebody who looks at the glass half full. And you would be right. I 100% was that way. I loved life and everything about it. I was passionate about it. However, as much as I loved life, there was this one thing. Yeah, you know, there was this one thing in this world that I loved even more than life itself. And that was the sport of basketball. Let me tell you all what, this sport, basketball, it was everything to me. Anyone who knows me knows how much I put into it, how much I loved it. It was my world. It was my life. I just lived for playing that sport and for that orange round ball. And I thought that that sport was going to be my way to be somebody. I thought that my identity was going to be attached to that basketball and everything that came with it, and that was going to take me somewhere. And that was going to make me into this person that I always dreamed that I could be. And basketball was going to be the catalyst that got me to where I wanted to go. So because of that type thinking, as I got older, we get in the ninth, tenth grade here. I'm taking all my time. I'm taking all my efforts. I'm taking all my energy and every single ounce of it, mind you. And I'm putting it towards that sport. And looking back on it now, I'm 25. I could see that, eh, okay, that probably wasn't the best of ideas. It would have been better to spread my attentions out a little bit more, not having all my eggs in one basket. Absolutely. But at 15, it seemed great. I figured this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I love. So I'm going all in for it. And at first, everything seemed to be going well. But then I remember my sophomore year of high school I ended up getting cuffed from my high school's basketball team. And for me, this was really devastating. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It was, it was crushing because my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was just play this sport. And now it seemed like it was all crumbling down and it just seemed like everything was being taken away. And all that hard work that I put into it was for nothing. It seemed that way. And I remember after this happened, things really kind of started to change. You know, I was no longer that kid who was super social all the time and always laughing and being loud in class. I became a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved and a little bit more isolated. And these things happen a lot of times. That's just normal teenager behavior. But I noticed more with it as well. I became very angry at everybody, everything all the time. And I knew this wasn't really me. I'd never been this way my whole life. I'm not an angry person. That was not who I was. However, it really started to take over. And what I didn't realize at the time is that some of these symptoms that I kind of ignored were really some of the beginning signs of depression. You know, this change in personality, this change in the way that I was acting, this change in so many different things really began to take a toll on me. And I remember it got to the point where I started losing hope and I truly felt like I would never amount to anything and that my life didn't matter. And I truly believed that. But it didn't start out as that. It started out as little things. It started out as some of my grades falling a little bit. It started out as my attitude changing a lot. It started out as me getting angry a lot more and more. And these things over time all kind of morphed together and then it really turned into me falling into a pretty dark place. But the thing that's interesting though, is that as dark of a place as I was in in high school, I always still had a little bit of hope. It wasn't much, but it was always there, something deep inside me, put in there by God, always, always, always told me to keep moving forward, to keep going, that maybe tomorrow might be a better day. And even after five, six months in a row where that better day never seemed to come, I kept holding on to that hope no matter what. And I remember my senior year when I finally graduated, I got accepted to Temple University. Shout out to TU, looking for a sponsorship, low key. What? I didn't say that. Anyways, I get accepted to Temple and I thought my life was just going to completely change. I figured when I go to this school, man, everything is just going to become great. It's going to be no longer sad, depressed Scott, who was the kid in the corner that didn't talk much in high school. That's all going to go away. It's going to be like the movies, man. I'm going to go to the school, and the second I step on that campus, everything's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I was so excited. I truly looked at it kind of like this. I looked at college as if it was one of those, we'll call it magic pills from the fairy tales, Right? And the second that I took this college the experience and everything that came with it, everything was just going to turn into this amazing dream that I had always hoped for and always wanted. Well, you know what happened when I stepped on that campus late August 2019? You know what happened? It was awesome. It was fantastic. Let me tell you, the first couple months of my college experience freshman year, they were amazing. I'm going to say that again. They were amazing. It was great. I was being social again. I'm meeting all these new friends. I'm doing really well in school. I'm living away from home, having these new experiences. Everything was so great. It was honestly everything I'd ever hoped for times a million and a half. It was awesome. I was loving life, living it. Couldn't have been any better to me. I'm living in the city, having these great new experiences. Everything's going so well. But I will tell you this. You know what the very best part about it was? I'm talking about about the very best part. Was that during those first few months of freshman year, I didn't see a single sign of that old sad high school kid at all. Not a single sign. Not a single sign of that depression, that extreme anxiety that I dealt with for years. I didn't see any of that. And naturally, because of that, I figured, oh, wow those days are behind me. They're never coming back. Life is going to be good from here on out. I'm going to have no more issues ever. I put my time in and it's over now. Now it's my time to enjoy life again. It's my time for the rest of my life. Things are going to be great. Well, at first they were, like I said, freshman year is awesome. But I remember towards the end of freshman year, because of a couple different things going on in my life, I started to see some of those old, familiar symptoms from the depressed version of Scott in high school start to come back into my life again. You know, that anger started coming about again, and some of that isolation started coming up again. I remember my grades, and they weren't as good as they were at the first part again, and I was skipping class sometimes. I started seeing all of this again, but I didn't want to admit to myself that things could ever possibly go back to, like, the way they were in high school. So I remember I just kind of ignored this stuff. I acted like it wasn't there. I acted like I was fine. Everything's all good. This is college. Nothing bad can ever happen here. And I really just tried to bury what I was seeing. And I was burying what I was feeling because I didn't want that. Yeah, I didn't want that high school version of me to come about again. I wanted to be the new college fun version of Scott. So freshman year ending, we get in the sophomore year, I'm trying to have the best time I can, but I just kept feeling like I was being held back by these sad feelings on the inside of me. And even when I was having a good time, even when I was out with my friends enjoying myself, the second I was back alone again, I felt myself falling into that ever so familiar trap. And when I was alone with my thoughts, I would get really, really low, really, really low. And I know what I started to do is I would start to walk around the city of Philadelphia. You know, walking has always been one of my favorite coping skills, and it's something that I do when I'm stressed. And I noticed that that would help me, but what started to happen is that I would go for walks for like three, four hours sometimes. You know, I would miss out on obligations and opportunities that I had to do because I was walking so much to try to deal with these feelings that I was having on the inside because when I walked and listened to music, it seemed like that was the only time that I could escape this madness that was just in my head constantly. Nothing else did the trick besides that. So yes, what started out as a positive coping skill, however, in a way it was a little bit of both. There was a little bit of a duality between the two. Positive coping skill, sure, walking and listening to music, but I was not really addressing my core feelings. I wasn't really addressing what was going on and why I was feeling sad, and I I wasn't doing much about it except trying to push it over to the corner rather than really identify, hey, something's going on here. I was just like, oh, well, you know, I'll walk and listen to music, and that'll take care of everything. And it did for a while, sure, absolutely, no doubt. But those feelings started to become more prevalent. It started to become more constant to the point where it was – almost every second of every day of every minute of every hour. I feel like all I could ever think of was those sad and depressive feelings. And I remember I got to the point with me where I got to such a low point that I didn't even want to walk anymore. You know, I didn't want to listen to my music anymore. I kept doing it, but I did it just because I felt like I had to. It wasn't really helping me. And when I was in that really low place, I remember thinking to myself, man, You know, is life ever going to get better? You know, am I going to be stuck in this low place, stuck in my head, not able to get out of my own way for the rest of my life? Is it always going to be this way? And I really started to truly believe that. And when I started to truly believe that, that's when that depression really took a hold of me. And that's when I fell into those really low points. And it was because I truly believed these negative thoughts that I was saying to myself. I made these conclusions about my life and about myself, and I believed that they were true with my whole heart. I would tell myself, Scott, you're worthless, you're pathetic, you're nothing, you'll never be anything. But the thing is, I actually believed that. And then I would see the consequences of that in my my life. And it was a really tough thing. It was tough to get out of that, and I, I would have days where I felt good. But then I would always fall back into that pit. And it was beyond maddening. It was beyond frustrating because all I wanted to do was to move past this pain and use it for something good. And I knew that one day maybe I could, but I couldn't see that light at the time. I couldn't really see past that pain. It's almost like I was looking through a straw. I was looking at my life through a straw. And the only thing I could see was right in front of me this darkness, and that was it. Now, granted, there was so much more there, but I couldn't see it. Because of what I was choosing to focus on, because of this depression and what it was telling me. And I say that as if depression was this entity. I know it sounds weird, like it was telling me, but anyone who's ever dealt with it knows that depression, it has a voice and it's scary and it's dark and it's tough and it gets a hold of you and it doesn't wanna let go. And that was really tough for me. And now, one of the things as we kind of switch the gears here. Is when I was in that dark place, I found that after my walking, after my music, even when that failed, there was one other thing that helped me a lot too. Well, really two other things. One was my faith, being a Christian, and my faith in God helped me up tremendously. And two was writing. And I would write down all the time just what I was feeling. And I would take up pages and pages and pages And sometimes what I would even do is I combined all of my favorite things into one. I would go walk around the city, listen to music while I was writing about what I was feeling. And I found that this was kind of like my magic elixir, right? This was my combination of things that gave me that hope again. And over time and continuing to do this, I then realized, hey, you know what? I'm writing about it. I'm going to talk to people that are close to me about it. My parents, my sisters, my close friends, and all of these different things slowly but surely. By doing these different things, you know what started to happen? I started to feel that ironclad grip that depression had on me for so long. I started to feel it loosen just a little bit. Now, it didn't go away. Don't make any mistake. That depression did not go away, but its grip on me loosened a little bit. A little bit more each and every single day. And the more that I did these, as I call them, emergency joys, the more that I focused on my coping skills, the more light I began to see in my life again, the more hope that began to take over. And over time, now I would emphasize that, bold that, and underline that. Over time, I started to really see some improvements in my life and how I was thinking, how I was acting, and how I was able to deal with those sad times. Those sad times didn't go away, no. But what did change is how I reacted to them and what I was able to do in the middle of it. Rather than just trying to avoid it, I dove into it and came out the other side with a lot more knowledge, a lot more power, and a lot more confidence for my life that I could get through that stuff. And in part three, I'm really going to dive into some of those strategies that I used and things that I hope you all can use as well every single day to help with that. But while we still have a few more minutes in this part two, I want to talk a little bit more about what this next step looked like for me. Now, at first... It was interesting because I had this overwhelming kind of feeling of positivity, right? I was just felt like I was on fire, and I was like, whoa, this is great. Like, my soul was on fire. I was so happy. Like, yeah, look at this positivity. I'm spreading it to everybody, super happy all the time. I was on this amazing natural high. It was incredible. But then over time, I got to a point where I wasn't on that natural high all the time. I wasn't on this amazing, whoa, yeah, this is great. I love life. I kind of came back down a little bit, which is to be expected. That's normal. It's called living life. But for me, it was a big adjustment to realize, hey, you know what? It's okay to not be super saying that, hey, I'm happy and everything's great all the time every two seconds. It's okay to not always have that mentality. It's okay to sometimes look at your life and say, dang, man, you know, I'm kind of struggling today we like, hey, man, you know what? I th- things are hitting me pretty hard today. Like that's okay to realize that sometimes. And I had to realize that that was okay because I thought if I wasn't on this exuberant level all the time and super happy in every way that there was – I was going to fall immediately back into that depression, which was not the case. It was more of kind of an in-between. And for me, one of the challenges that took me years to learn was finding out that space in between. You know, you have your days where you feel like you're on level 10 and it's amazing. It's incredible. And then, you know, you have your really pretty dark days where you're really at the bottom. But what I needed to learn and what I have learned and am still learning is living in the in-between, you know, living in a more even keel space with saying, hey, you know, I'm happy today, but that doesn't mean that I have to be running around saying hi to everybody and this huge smile on my face and going out of my way to make sure everyone knows how happy I am. No, I don't have to do that all the time. But at the same time, I don't have to beat myself up for not being that way. And I also don't have to tell myself, hey, Scott, you know what? You know, you're not, um, you know, super positive today. So that means, oh, you must be falling back into that depression again. And I had to realize that it's OK to have some of those kind of gray days in between. Some of those days where you're just like, you know, I'm not struggling per se, but I'm not exactly on top of the mountain neither. I'm just I'm here. I'm here. I'm living. And I'm finding a way to find the little bit of joy that I can. And that right there, finding that in between, brings me to one of my favorite parts of this story. It's a term that I came up with that I use all the time when I speak. Uh, I plan on writing a book one day, probably with this the title, and the term is as followed. It's called emergency joys. Now, this term, don't worry if you haven't heard it, because I made it up myself. It's a Scotty P. original, and you know how it is, right? But it is based off of something that we call positive coping skills, okay? Now, positive coping skills, for those of you that don't know, are those different skills and strategies and tools that we use to help us through some of those difficult times and emotions in our lives, right? Think about what I was talking about when I listened to music, when I was writing, things like that, right? Now, an emergency joy is kind of like that next level above that, right? An emergency joy is those creme de la creme positive coping skills, those top two or three ones that you have in your life that mean more to you than anything else. Emergency joys are those top shelf coping skills that you turn to and rely on when you're having one of those days where it just seems like nothing is ever going to go your way. When you're having one of those days where it seems like everything that could possibly go wrong in this world for you is going wrong at the worst possible time, okay? It's on days like that that we reach into our back pockets, so to speak, and we pull out these little emergency joys. Now, when we pull out these emergency joys, so to speak, they don't instantly make all of our pain go away. They don't make everything okay. It doesn't make it all sunshines and rainbows and yay things great 24 7 yeah i love life no 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 it doesn't do that but you know what these emergency joys do they give us a little bit of hope at a time where we feel like that we don't really have any they give us a little something to hold on to at a time where we feel like we have nothing else and i think the most beautiful thing about these emergency joys is that they are different for every single one of us No two are exactly the same, just like snowflakes, right? And emergency joys are the same way. There's only two requirements to name it an emergency joy. Only two. You know what they are? Number one, it's got to be something that's good for you. It cannot be unhealthy or destructive in your life because if it is, we call that a negative coping skill. And we don't want to do that, okay? So number one, it's got to be healthy for you. And number two, it's just got to be something That gives you that feeling of hope again in your life. That's it. Those are the only two requirements. Outside of that, these emergency joys could be whatever you're interested in, whatever you think of, as long as they match those two requirements. And you want to know what mine were? I have so many now, but during those really dark times in my life, I had three. There was three emergency joys that meant more to me than anything else. And the three were as followed. Number one was watching my favorite TV show, Seinfeld, every night before I went to bed. Just for an hour. Now, notice here, I didn't say, yeah, I binge-watched Seinfeld for eight hours until the sun came up, because that's what I needed. No, I kept it to an hour, because I wanted to make sure it was something that stayed positive for me, and I didn't binge it, because that'd be a negative coping seal. But during that one hour, which is two episodes that I would watch, I'll I'll tell you what, I laughed so much, and it didn't get rid of my depression, and it didn't make everything all okay, but what it did was it just gave me a little something to hold on to at one of those times where I really felt like I didn't have much. I had my faith and I had Seinfeld, and that that really helped me a lot. So that was number one. Number two was just listening to my favorite music, something that I think a lot of us can connect with. And when I listened to this music, not only did it give me hope, sure, but it also gave me another person to relate to. And when I would listen to these artists sing these songs about things that I was feeling right now, when I listened to that, I was like, man, if they went through it and got through it, then maybe I'll get through it too. And that's why music was and still is such a huge thing for me. So that was number two. Now, number three was probably the simplest thing in the world. You know what it was? It was just eating my favorite breakfast every morning. Sometimes that was Honey Bunches of Oats, my favorite cereal. Other time it was my favorite Cliff Bar called Peanut Toffee Buzz. And also, shout out Cliff Bar Industries. If you're listening to this, can you please get the Peanut Toffee Buzz Cliff Bars back on the shelves? Because I haven't seen them in months and it's bothering me. So please get it back on the shelves, okay? But anyways, I digress. Back to that. That sounds so random, right? Like, why is this dude talk about eating breakfast as an emergency joy? How could that help? Well, here's why it helped: because of when I did it. So for me, every morning, the first thing I do before anything else is I get up and I eat breakfast, okay? Now, by making it my favorite breakfast, you know what I was doing? That meant that the first thing I did every single day was something that I enjoyed for two or three minutes. And that was setting the tone and setting the foundation for the rest of my day. Now, it didn't make all the problems go away, obviously, or all of the thoughts even go away, but I started my day entertaining good thoughts And having something to look forward to rather than starting my day ruminating on those anxious thoughts and depressive thoughts. Now, those are my emergency joys. Obviously, yours are going to be different, and that's okay. And I want you to think about what your emergency joys might be so that the next time you find yourself in that dark place, you can turn to those emergency joys to help guide you through that difficulty that you're facing. Not to take the place of going to therapy or medication or talking to someone. No, it's not to take the place of that, but it's to get you on the right road to realizing maybe it's okay to do some of those things. Because at the end of the day, this is what it is. Emergency joys, they give us hope, all right? And when we have hope, we're more likely to seek out help. And when we seek out help, that's when we learn how to heal, But my friends, there is no healing and there is no help until we first have hope. And emergency joys are the catalysts that bring that hope into our lives. So everybody, I want you to stay put. We got one more segment to the show coming up here in a moment. I really think that you're going to be able to take some positives away from this last third part. So do not leave. Stay with us for the last segment of the show. We'll be right back at these quick commercial breaks. Find Yourself Boxes was to create to foster the connection between a person and those in life who may be working through mental health challenges by providing curated and customizable boxes filled with research-backed wellness products that promote healing. Coupling personal experience with professional mental health guidance, Find Yourself Boxes meets people where they are on their journey. Wellness doesn't look the same for every person, and these products are packaged together to touch various aspects of our wellness spectrum. Find your healing with Find Yourself Boxes at findyourselfboxes.com and you can get 20% off your first purchase. Does the pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? Are people stopping and staring and glancing at you as you walk down the street? Folks, come on now. Hair salons, they've been open for a while. It's time to get your hair cut. You've definitely been procrastinating. (laughs) I know my producer has. And when you do it, you should head to Hair Envisions in Ottsville, PA. Hair Envisions is open Tuesday through Saturday. They specialize in coloring and also offer carotene treatments that give your hair a smooth finish. Hair Envisions offers haircuts for all ages so you can bring the whole family. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. Again, that is 610-847-8894. And tell them
0: that Scotty P. and Health Coach Ev sent you. If you're looking to get more TMS, ketamine, and spravado patients, then 7 Figure Psych is for you. Beyond Marketing's flagship 7 Figure Psych business development and marketing system helps mental health professionals to attract, schedule, and convert new patients into care. Join a community of like-minded business professionals and automate your entire online presence. Visit these guys at 7 That's the number 7 figurepsych.com. Guys, cancer is a word that most of us know all too well. And as is the case for so many other conditions, Western medicine is a miraculous yet incomplete form of treatment for those who are suffering. But what if there was a place in our community that helped meet the many other needs for cancer patients? Well, that's exactly what my aunt, Corinne Sikora, envisioned. And now you can help make that vision come to life. The Corinne Sikora Wellness and Support Center is designed to be a comforting space for all cancer patients across Bucks County, This center will help these individuals meet their emotional, social, physical, and lifestyle needs that are essential pieces of one's healing journey. Because of people like you, this center will be able to offer a multitude of completely free services to local patients and their families. A large vision like this needs all the support support it can get, and you can help today. Go to CorinneSikoraCenter.org and click the donate button. That is C-O-R-I-N-N-E. S-I-K-O-R-A Corinne Sikora Center.org and click the donate button.
1: Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Friday Mental Health Power Hour today. I appreciate it. This has been a great episode so far and I really hope you're able to take some good things away from it. Now for part number three, before we get into it, let me just real quick give you a little bit of information on where you can catch our show and where you can catch it online as well as on different apps as well so if you go on www.db.com you will be able to check out our show you go on scotty p and ev you'll see that the friday mental power hour you can see all of our past episodes as well if you google it uh google our show's name and you go on spotify you could go on apple music any of the platforms and you'll see our show in the past episodes as well so for those of you just joining, again, my name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. And my co-host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev, unfortunately, is not here today. He's not feeling well. So, Ev, we wish you well. We hope you're getting better, my man. We can't wait to get back in the studio uh, next week, and hopefully you're good by then. So, everybody, if you're just tuning in again, give you a little bit of a recap here. Part one, part two, and part three are always different for our show. Part one, we kind of discussed a topic. Part two, we do story time. And part three, we really give you concrete strategies, all right? Now, what we would talk about today is because it's just me, I've been giving you all a little bit of insight into my story, into kind of the Scotty P story, how I got here, my dealings with depression and anxiety, and why I'm here today doing this profession, doing this job. So in part three, I told you we were going to have some strategies for you to take away. That's where we're going to start right now. Now, one of the most important things that I learned is – how to change my mindset okay and gaining some perspective because a lot of times when we're dealing with struggles in our lives and challenges whether they're mental health related or not we have a tendency to focus in on only that problem on only that challenge on only that difficulty and we can't really see anything else so i have a little trick for you that i want to do with you right now that i want you to listen to do with me too And I think by doing this, it'll help to remind you to gain some perspective in your life and to take that step back. So here's what it is I look at my life as if it's a brick house, okay? Now I want you to do this too. I want you to look at your life right now and think of a generic brick house, all right? But on top, you see in colorful neon lights your name. So for me, it's a brick house and it says Scott on top. For you, maybe it's, you know, whatever your name is, okay? Think of that. Now, in this brick house that represents your life, each individual brick, each one, represents a different life experience that you've had. Okay, so now you're looking at this house. Imagine that some of the bricks are gold and shiny, and they represent the really good experiences, the good memories, the awesome things you've accomplished in your life, and they're so amazing looking. <clears throat> oh, okay, but now look at some of the other bricks in the house. Now, some of the other bricks in this house are a little dirty. They're a little chipped a little cracked, a little misshapen, kind of falling apart. Now, those bricks represent the not-so-good times in our lives, those times that represent things that weren't so great, some of those memories that hurt, that are painful, that weren't the best times. Okay, Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I spent a good portion of my life only paying attention to those bricks that were kind of dirty, cracked, and chipped, Only paying attention to the bad experiences, to the things that didn't go my way, to the things that didn't go right to the pain. That is all that I ever looked at. All I ever focused on was those chipped bricks. That's it. And guess what? Because that's all I ever looked at, you already know, that's all I thought that I was. I thought that I was nothing more than just my worst experience, and that's it. Because that's all I focused on. But it wasn't until I learned to take a step back, so to speak, gain a little perspective, look at my life's house and realize, wait a minute, there is so much more to my life than just these few bad experiences. There is so much more to my life than just these few chipped bricks. Now, sure, those bricks, those experiences, they're part of me. They're part of you. And guess what? They're never leaving. Once a brick is in your life's house, it's there forever. However, I realize this, and I want you to hear me when I tell you this. I realized that just because something is a part of me, just because something happened to me, just because something is in my life and is in my past, just because it's a part of me, that does not mean that that thing has to define me. And when I realized that, it changed a lot for me. It helped me to gain that ever so elusive perspective. And it helped me to realize that every brick in the house of our lives has a story to tell. Every single brick has a story to tell and all these bricks, whether they're chipped and ugly or gold and shiny, every single one is working together to make me the person who I am today, to make you the person who you are today. Every single one's working together to create this amazing big structure that is your life. And I think what's important for us to do is sometimes we have to take a step back and stop only looking at those one or two, three or four clustered bricks that aren't good. And remember, there's so much more here. To remember that there are gold bricks here, too. And to remember that all these bricks, although individual, they serve a greater purpose to make you the person you are today. And I think we got to remember that sometimes. And for me, that perspective piece, that was one of the first things that helped me the most. And that's why I wanted to start this third segment with that little analogy, because when we gain perspective, everything changes. When we gain perspective, we no longer look at the trials and tribulations as our, in our lives as burdens, but rather we look at them as something that is going to make us better in the future. You know, we no longer look at all the pain in our lives as something that's holding us back, but we rather look at that pain as something that is propelling us forward to become better and to be wiser and to have learned something. But without perspective, we're not able to see that. And I think the first step for any of us in learning to find some of that happiness and learning to move through our issues and struggles is to gain that perspective. And I hope that when you're looking for that perspective, you remember that little analogy that I just gave you right there as something that can help you to put yourself in the right mindset. So that's what I wanted to start this third segment off with. That's kind of the first strategy, if you will, that I could give you for today. Now, to go off of that, here's something else that I want to share with you that helped me a lot that I think will help you as well. Now, I call this and I mentioned this on a show months ago, I call it planting the seeds of positivity. But I think it's worth repeating because it's a really valuable lesson that is super simple, but very important. Here's what it is. Every morning, I wake up and after I eat my breakfast or whatever it might be, I get three post-it notes. One, two, three, boom, boom, boom. And on the first post-it note, I write down one thing I like about myself. On the second post-it note, I write down one thing that I have to look forward to in this day today. And on the third post-it note, I write down one thing that I'm grateful for in my life. That's it, just three things, that's it. But I take those post-it notes and I stick them on the middle of my refrigerator in my apartment. Now, the reason that I do this is because my refrigerator is kind of the biggest thing in my apartment, so I'm always gonna be forced to see it no matter what. And whether it was a really great day today or whether it was one of those not so great days, regardless, guess what I'm forced to see on that refrigerator? Guess what I'm forced to see? Yup. I'm forced to see those positive affirmations. Okay. And every time I look at that affirmation, every time I say it out loud, every time that I really focus on it, you know what's going on? It's like I'm planting a little seed of hope right up here in my mind. It's like I'm planting a little seed of resilience. And it's like I'm planting a little reminder that says, hey, Scott, you know what? Maybe today was not the best day, but here are still three things that you have that are three reasons for you to smile today. And here are three things for you to focus on that are good in your life. Even if these are the only three things, you could still focus on these three things. And for me, doing that has been such a positive thing. And there is so much science behind this too. I'm not just making this up. There is science behind these positive affirmations and the power of saying it and putting it in, in a spot where you could see it. It really, really helps a lot. And again, this takes practice. I wouldn't expect you to go home and say, okay, well, uh, Scotty P told me to put three post-it notes on my fridge, so I'm going to do that. And then today I'm going to have the happiest day and I'm never going to deal with anything ever again. Come on now. Let's know. I never said that, right? No, 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 no. But the more that we do this, The more that we make it habit, the more that we focus on these things and say these things to ourselves, the more that we're going to really be able to start creating those new positive ways of thinking in our lives. And instead of constantly running to those old home based thoughts of, I'm not enough, I don't matter, I can't do anything right, my life is worthless, I'm this, I'm that, I'm never going to be that. Instead of running to those all the time, by creating these positive affirmations on these post it notes, We're creating new home-based thoughts to run to. And that is an invaluable thing. To be able to change those home-based thoughts, as I call them, from negative to positive takes time, yeah, but it's very doable. And if you commit to it and continue to do it, I can guarantee you you're going to see those results in your life. And that's the second strategy I wanted to take away from this and give to you was planting the seeds of positivity. Now to review, we got a few minutes left here before we do the third strategy. To review, though, number one, we talked about perspective, learning to realize your life is a house, and all the bricks that make up this brick house of your life have a different experience, but what we choose to focus on is up to us, and gaining that perspective is so huge. That was number one. Number two, planting the seeds of positivity, the power of positive affirmations. Now, number three, there's a lot of different things that I could put here. Now, this is what I do for a living, this in my career, so I, I could go on for hours about 20 different more things that we should do, but... If I had to say there's one other thing that I learned that I want to share with you today, I would probably, hmm, let's go with this. How about we find a way to see the hidden gems of positivity in the valleys that we have? Another kind of metaphor for you, something to think about. Here's what I mean. When you're in a difficult spot in your life, we've all heard the old term hills and valleys, right? I mean, peaks and valleys, the peaks are the good times and the valleys are the low times, blah, 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 blah. We've heard it before, but you haven't heard it like this. Here we go. When you're in those valleys, when you're in that really dark place, it's tough to see anything. You don't see a lot of light. You don't see a lot of joy. It's tough. However, If we're looking from a geographical standpoint, in a valley, that low point, you know what's down there in those valleys? A lot of moisture, a lot of prime soil for things to grow very rich and lush. So although you might be in that valley in your life right now, I'm going to ask you to dig around in that valley. Dig around in the dirt, so to speak. Because in that valley, there are little hidden gems of positivity that are lying within there. Now, you got to search for these. These are not something like in the video game where it's just there in the little diamond and you grab it and you're like, whoa! no, you got to search for these things. But I can guarantee you that there are hidden gems in your valley right now of positivity. And when you find these hidden gems of positivity, you know what that's going to do for you? That's going to give you the energy, the strength, the resilience that you need to keep your hope alive, to keep moving through that valley until you get to a point where you're now on a peak. But here's the thing that's interesting. When you're on a peak in your life, when things are going great, you're on that mountaintop. Woohoo! yeah, I made it. Yeah, 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 let's go. Look at me. Ha, yeah, I got it. There's not a lot that grows there, right, in a geographical sense. There's not a lot of plants, not a lot of shrubbery. It's kind of barren, right? So we've got to make sure that we don't bypass the valley, that we remember that there's so much good to be found in that valley if we're willing to open up our mind and search for it and look for it. Because if we only focus on how it's dark and how it's low – that's all we're going to see. But if we accept that it's dark and slow, but say, I'm not going ma- I'm not, I'm not to stop here and keep lurking and searching, you will find those hidden gems of positivity that will give you that strength to get to that next peak. And I think when we look at our life in that way and find a way to go from rock bottom to rock solid, man, that is something that is just incredible because that means that when you get to that point that you're not gonna be swayed by the difficult problems in your life, but you're gonna be able to see everything through the lens of hope. And that is why my business's slogan is navigating life through the lens of hope. That's what I wanna do for others, that's what I did in my life, and that's what I've learned through a lot of different things is how to navigate life through that lens of hope. And I hope that these little analogies that I gave you today and these strategies can really help you to do that. Now, to wrap it up here, We're going to kind of summarize everything with the last minute or so that we have, minute and a half here on the show before we wrap things up today. So today I gave you the Scotty P story. I talked about kind of a brief overview of where I've been, why I'm here now, the struggles that I dealt with and how I was able to get out of that. I talked about that today. But what I want you to do now is I want you to replace the Scotty P story with your name. I want you to think about your story, what you've had going on in your life. I told you this at the beginning. Now think about it. Now, these different things that I talked about today, you might be able to relate to some of those feelings. You might not. But what I want you to do is to take these strategies that we learned today, planting the seeds of positivity, learning to gain perspective, perspective, excuse me, learning to find those positive hidden gems in your valleys of darkness and get to the peaks. I want you to take these different things and I want you to apply them to your life and your experiences. So for me, what really triggered that depression was getting cut from that basketball team. Maybe for you, it was a breakup. Maybe it was not getting into a certain school. Maybe it was losing a job, losing a family member, whatever it is. But I want you to put your story into this. And I want you to start using those strategies emergency joys and the other things I talked about and applying them in your life right now today, because these different things are going to help you to not take all that pain away, but rather to keep moving through it. Because as we all know, so much of our life is out of our hands. Sometimes what happens is completely out of our hands in every single way. But what is very much within our hands and what is very much within our control is how we choose to react to those circumstances that we're given. That's up to us. Okay? And so if we can find the positives in those circumstances, I believe that we will see them change. Maybe not right away, but you will if you can find that good within it. And this is not easy. This takes time. This takes practice. This takes energy. This isn't something that we do completely overnight. But if we start the process of making a commitment to doing it and to finding ways to see that positivity, to see that good, if we do that, my friends, I guarantee you you're going to be able to see some of those differences in your life. Now, I want to say with you, I hope that you all, if you are in that dark place right now, I hope that you find a way. I hope you find a way to keep moving through it. And I hope that you know that better times are ahead. I hope that you know that that darkness is temporary. Don't make the mistake of thinking something's permanent when it's not. you got to keep moving through it and you'll see how temporary it is. But if you stop, you'll be under the impression that darkness lasts forever when it doesn't. So we got to keep moving through it. And we do that through some of the different things I said today, as well as so many different other strategies. So everybody, thank you so much today. I appreciate it. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. I'll see you all later. Check me out on scottypinspiration.com or on Instagram at Scottyp_inspo. underscore See you all later. Have a good one.